This is an ABC podcast. Uh, well, I, I set the tent up right up out on the point there, right, right near the lake, which, looking back now, wasn't the brightest choice. <laughs> so it was beautiful. Like, we walk out and just looking at the lake, it was pine trees. But the lake was, it looked absolutely gorgeous. Taking the tent and camping by the lake sounds like a pretty picturesque holiday. Uh, we had it set up. Had the little three-bedroom tent and the gazebo set up for the kitchen. And had the generator to run the TV and everything. So the kids, it was just a big adventure for them. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. They still had everything, so it was all normal for them. But for James Etienne, his wife, their three kids, it wasn't a holiday. This was their home. What did it feel like when you realised that that was your only option? Uh, I don't know. You, you can't describe it, love, like... You, you just think and you feel like you failed. You know, like I did everything right, but no matter what I did, it just everything just kept going, getting worse and worse. Today on the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up, how hidden homelessness is rising across the Hunter. We see them sleeping in their cars. We see them pitching a tent by the river. It's a really big problem in, in regional areas. And one man's story of his struggle. It's like being stuck in a whirlwind. You just, you just can't get out of it. To understand how James and his family ended up in that whirlwind, we have to go back a little bit. So tell me like a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What did you like doing as a kid? Uh, what was that all like? Uh, I grew up out in Yarramong Valley, in a little place called Brush Creek on the Central Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was a magic little place. You know, it was like 40, 30, 40 families in the whole valley. James's father was running a farm in Yarramalong on the Central Coast. And as his dad got older, James was living there on the property with his wife, Elise, and their three kids. You know, well, 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 well that's the least I could do, you know. He raised me, so. And then, yeah, when he got real, he was starting to get a bit too sick. The family made the decision to sell the property. How hard was it to, to have to sell the family farm? Oh, love, honestly, that broke me. Mm. I, the, I couldn't even drive, drive out there and drive past it, you know, it's, but, you know, nothing's forever. You know, I've got my memories of the place and that, that's what matters. From there, James and his family became slowly unsettled. They started off at... Caravan Park out at uh, Tuggerwong. Before getting... Cabin up here at Singleton. Slowly eating away at what money they had on expensive rents. I knew it was going to be hard. We had a lot of knockbacks, mm. but, you know, you just kept at it. We ended up in a tent out at Lake Liddell. James, Elise and the kids found themselves in a three-room tent on the edge of a lake that is situated between two power stations. Despite these circumstances, they were trying to keep life going for their kids. You can't put it on them, you know, I just tried to keep it as normal as possible for them. You know, they had all their toys and everything there, you know, they had their little beds in the, in the tent. They had their bikes. Oh, God, they used to, yeah, love run, trying to ride off on the bikes. It was a pretty big place down there. So he just did the best we could with what I had. And for a while, James thought they were holding it together all right. Until one night, as everyone was settled in for the evening. Well, um, there was a really bad windstorm. And it snapped the poles in the boys' room in the tent. Oh. Ripped a big hole in the side of the tent. And, you know... Uh, 
there was literally not another thing I could do, so I, yeah, I had to, the wife handed me the phone just to call them. James dialed Link to Home, a 24-7 homeless support service for people in crisis. They arranged for James and the family to head to a nearby hotel for three nights. In the hotel room, it gave James time to reflect. One day we're there at home on the farm, looking and thinking about future and everything, and then the next day it's, it's all gone and everything's changed. So James, like, like many people who come to our service, came to us as a drop-in. Marina Lee Warner has spent the past 30 years working in community services and she's currently a caseworker at Upper Hunter Homeless Support. James and his wife and family presented and said, we are homeless. Um, I, I believe they were living in a tent mm. at the time. And I think the, you know, the, the last straw was that the wind had torn through the tent and he was left with no other options but to come and ask for help. We were fortunate that we were able to help James and Elise and the children quite promptly and get them into what we've called transitional housing. But as the demand on our services has increased over the years, um, that stretched our resources incredibly. Over the past few years, that strain on demand it's made it harder for people to reach out and be helped so promptly. There are more and more stories of people struggling with higher rents and the scarcity of affordable housing. I've been here for eight years and I've definitely seen an increase in demand for our services. And I've seen an increase in the demographic that's affected by homelessness as well. You know, primarily uh, we work with people who are usually on a Centrelink income benefit, mm -hmm. but increasingly we are seeing working people, working families um, who are just unable to find a place to live. Being unhoused is something that is closer and closer to reality for more and more people. You might think you're not at risk, but it doesn't take much to suddenly end up in a precarious situation. It can happen to anybody now. Uh, you know, as we said, once upon a time, it, it was just a certain demographic that, that you would consider at risk of homelessness or, or, or homeless. But now it can affect, it can happen to anybody. Mm. And it can be, there's a number of reasons. You know, it can be loss of employment, um, underemployment, inability to get a new job, um, a family and relationship breakdown, for James, it took a lot to even admit to himself how far things had spun out. It's a bit like the frog in the pot. You think everything's fine as long as you keep trying to stay afloat until suddenly it's not. It was only when he got the keys to transitional housing he realised how much it was affecting him. Oh, when, when they handed me those keys, it, was, it felt like a tonne of bricks was lifted off my shoulders. You know, I just, I just took the deepest, most calming breath I think I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, well, we're only supposed to be in there for nine months, but they let us stay there for 18 when I was looking, like we were looking after Dad, and then we lost Dad, and then two days later, I got diagnosed with terminal lymphosema. Oh, James. And then, um, sorry. No, you're okay. Take your time. Yeah, it was just a very, very hard time in my life, that bit. But we got there. 
because of my diagnosis with emphysema, they that put me straight on the list, top of the list, and um, community housing. I, I've got a permanent house now, community housing, and yep. I've spoken at, at, at them, and I know now that when I do eventually go, like, it, it'll get passed on to my wife, and I know that I don't ever have to worry about her or the kids having a place to go, so that's good. Yeah, big relief, huh? Yeah. Yeah. James wouldn't be in such a good place without the support of the homelessness services in the Upper Hunter. I can, there's no words that can express how thankful and grateful I am for everything they've done for me and my family. Mm. You know, like anything I could ever do to, did, I don't know if there's any way I couldn't ever repay what they've done for me. Mm. You know, like it's from the bottom of my heart, thank you. <laughs> when you get good outcomes for people, um, when you get a house for a family or for an individual, the excitement is palpable. Yeah. You know, we, we're genuinely really, really excited and you go, yes, that's why I do this job. That's, that's job satisfaction. <laughs> so we, we get just as excited when we get someone into a house as they are. It's a fundamental basic human right to have a home, to have a roof over your head. Best advice I could give anyone is to just make, don't be stubborn like I was, make that call. You know, don't put yourself and your family through hell and car- in dingy, stingy caravan parks. You don't have to, and yeah. you, no one ever should. The Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up is produced on a Awabakal country. It's presented and produced by Mikaya Hanley. It's produced by Toby Hemmings. Nick Lowther is the supervising producer, and Bridget Murphy, our digital producer. If you like the pod... Tell your friends. Give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more local stories from around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. Hi, I'm Kurt Fernley, Paralympian and proud person with a disability. And I'm Sarah Shands, mum of a bright, bubbly, hilarious kid with a disability. I'm an hilarious, I'm fabulous. We're the hosts of a new ABC podcast called Let Us In. Each week, We'll speak with people from around Australia to find out what it's like to live with a disability. She belongs in society, that she's not going to be separated because of who she is and her disability. Every time I arrive at the airport, I turn into someone I don't like. I start to volunteer in different places because I believe to be a volunteer, it keep you alert. The way that I think about it is that shame is the voice of rejection whispered in the inner ear that says, I am not worthy. Real stories from people with disability about what's really going on. Let us in. The new episode out every Wednesday on the ABC Listen app.